This is The Table Business, a Sounds Like Adventure podcast all about people doing great work in the tabletop world. On this show, we're going to speak to the independent creators who make the games that you and I love. I'm your host and the DM of Sounds Like Adventure, Jack Trainer. Hello, hello. Welcome back once more. It's episode two of The Table Business. Thanks for joining us again. Got a great episode coming up for you today. Really great conversation. So today we are speaking to Aaron, aka Aaron My Laundry on pretty much any platform that you can look for. Now, Aaron is a really cool, multi-talented TTRPG person. They wear a lot of hats. I mean, just in their Instagram and threads bio alone, it says they are a TTRPG writer, they're a cozy horror streamer, they're player and staff at World of Evandale, and they are the creator of the TTRPG Collective. So in today's far-reaching conversation, we're going to talk about all those things and more. You'll hear Erin tell the story of how they were proposed to in real life in the middle of a tabletop game. And Erin will also share how they believe that independent creators are the adventurers in the real world. All right, let's get into it. Erin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So let's start out with a super easy one. Just tell me a bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, my name is Aaron. I go by all pronouns. I'm on Twitch and Instagram and threads and everywhere air in my laundry. Um, but most recently, I founded a really fun uh, space for mutual aid in and adjacent to the tabletop industry called the TTRPG Collective. So that's where I've been spending most of my time. Um, I'm very passionate about community building and engagement and with all the game layoffs and Hasbro and Watsy stuff going on, it was really important for me to create a sense of community in the space. I want to talk to you about TTRPG Collective very soon, but before we do that, the place I love to start these conversations basically is like your origin story, essentially. Like, how did you get into the tabletop world? We all have our own unique stories, and how did it happen for you? So mine's a little, um, like, a, maybe a little emotionally traumatic. I was in a very abusive marriage where um, tabletop games was something that I was forbidden to get into by my ex-husband um, because men <laughs> play tabletop games and men would hit on me. Oh. It's... <laughs> absolutely ridiculous but um that is where i started my story in the tabletop role play space um when i divorced him and then i had friends that invited me to be a guest npc in their game and um just a bunch of punks in a cidery in philadelphia hanging out and they liked me so much i stuck around and i never stopped playing ttrpgs turns out wow it's, it's just, it's actually a really cool community. Who knew? And did you like divorce papers finalized and like, let's get into a game straight away while you're like, like counting down the moments? Absolutely. It was, um, it was very much, it fell very much in line on the timeline of like the reclamation of my identity. Because if you are a survivor of those kinds of relationships, you understand that your identity is kind of molded into something else. Um, and restricted to be like its full potential. So a lot of like my beginning games and themes in the games and stories had to do with like, you know, big like um, identity shifts and um, finding yourself and 
big things like that. So it really helped to kind of like reclaim who I was. And yeah, can, like, are you comfortable even talking a little bit about that? Like, oh, for sure. How was the, that emotional journey, like going through that, through the world of tabletop games? Um, I mean, it's, it's huge. So, I mean, I'm a millennial, I'm 32. Um, I grew up in that sort of time where, um, the grownups in my life and childhood were like, you know, you're never with your family. You're always playing video games, video games, makes you violent, all the, all those kinds of like stigmas. And that kind of stuck with me through the, the divorce. And then, um, I had a kid, uh, in 2016 and I just, I remember, um, being like, I'm going to be the mom that really supports my child in games and playing and being curious and learning through games because that's all I really wanted. Um, so through exploring tabletop games as a essentially as a baby myself um, really helped me kind of instill this new kind of um, parent like creative parenting um, in my personal life as well in how to engage in games and how to tell stories that have to do with life and learning things through that. Um, it's something I'm super open about. I talk about it all the time in my Twitch channel. And um, I think it's really important that that's sort of normalized. I feel like you and I could have like a, a extremely long conversation about just this topic. So I'm going to resist from just like devolving this entire interview <laughs> into just picking your brain about that. Because thank God you found tabletop games. Thank, thank God you're able to. Because like looking at your Instagram and threads bio, so you are you got a lot going on. You're, you're very busy by the seams of things. You're a TTRPG writer. You're a cozy horror streamer. You're a player and staff at World of Evandale. And you are the creator of TTRPG Collective. So uh, first of all, are you okay? Are you, are you doing doing fine with all these things? You seem extremely busy. I am. Um, uh, the, the thing is, is I have to, I'm also like in therapy twice a week. So the thing that I learned, I've been practicing <laughs> is this uh, sense of like people pleasing and doing something for myself. So I am very busy, but it's a lot different. It's a different kind of busy than I used to be. In the sense that it feels like this is all stuff you really want to be doing. Yeah. It's, it's for me. It's mm, like, love that. I, I did something for me. And that to me is so much more important. So let's go through those four pillars of, of Aaron right now, I guess. <laughs> sure. um, so you're a TTRPG writer. Um, tell me a bit about that. Like, how do you go from like, you know, wanting to get into it, but not being able to for very various reasons to eventually getting in and then being like, I'm going to be a creator myself. How do you make that leap? It kind of made sense. Uh, ever since I could remember, I've always been um, very artistic and creative and I love games and I love stories. When I was a teenager, I went through the whole like role play forums thing. Um, my best friends of 11 years I met on there. Um, and I just it just took off from there. So when I started playing uh, tabletop games, it was very much like, I don't know how to do this because I'm a brand new player to uh i don't want to just play D, &D. i want to play other games and then through the discovery of other games i learn like the human behind those projects because a lot of times it's just one person one or two people um and i was just like i could do that and um i i worked on a couple projects i have two ongoing that have taken forever um two games one is about um exploring bdsm and kink 
in a safe TTRPG environment. And the other one is um, a tarot-based game that's for two players that talks about grief and loss through the exploration of rebuilding a house. Um, those have not, those have been very slow processes. The one that I have completed was a micro RPG that is about love languages. So basically I just, whatever I'm feeling in the moment that I feel compelled to write about, that becomes the game. Um, for that particular one, I was feeling I needed some self care and validation and I wrote a game called Among the Pretty Rats, and it's just for people who feel like, you know, trash degens, and it's just to show your self-support or your friend's support, and it's just, it was just an easy thing to do. It just came up. I think a lot of people listening to this are probably coming from, like, more of a traditional D&D space and, like, not really knowing about the various different things and pieces that are out there. So for the people who don't know, like, what's a micro RPG? Like, what, what does that actually mean? Micro RPGs are just exactly what it sounds like. They're small. Um, usually they're about one page, um, maybe a couple pages. And it's a very it, – it's very um, – it's a very good exercise in consolidating information to fit in a just a page. But you'd be surprised as to what you can fit on a page. Um, a lot of places that I recommend people start is going on like Itch or anywhere where they have jams where you can um, just do like you could just see just lists of people's one page RPGs um, and just get inspiration from that. One thing I really like to ask people like yourself who are like writers specifically is around like the resistance in the creative process. I find as like a creative person myself, like I do, I'm great at imagining my ideas. Like I'm great at sitting down and being like, oh man, this idea is so great. When it comes out, everyone's going to be so impressed. Um, and then I start imagining how great my life is going to be after it comes out. Like I'm so good at that. And then it's like, oh, I forgot to write the whole thing. Um, how does that work for you? How do you overcome that resistance of actually like the existential terror of like putting something out, actually doing down and putting pen to paper or typing something on a laptop screen? What, what has, how does it work for you? I do a couple things. I recognize that um, everybody experiences imposter syndrome. Every single person that I've ever met, even the most comfortable, confident people have had moments of like, Am I, am I gonna, am I good enough to do this? Am I qualified to do this? I don't consider myself a writer at all. I don't have the formal education. I don't have the experience, but I also do in that I did the thing. And in today's society, um, things like a college education are very much a privilege. And some people don't have access, time, emotional energy towards it. By, like just financial access and you have to you have to understand that you are not going to be the best at it and that's okay but you're also not going to be alone and that's even better and for that that leads to like my second method which is just accepting the fact that I have to ask for help I I will I I just don't I can't do anything on my own a hundred percent I am a person who really just loves having people, the support system around where if I need them, they are there. Even the fact that they are there means I am not doing this alone. And 
that leads me to my third tactic, which is I only do it for me. There there are moments where I will do this for something else and I'll get a little, like I'll make a little bit of progress. But if I want to actually have an like a, a tangible end goal, I won't be able to do that if I'm not doing it for myself. The The game I made, I think maybe five people downloaded it, but I did it because I wanted to. And that is so much, I realize now it's so much easier said than done, but it's something that I actively practice over and over. And it's just, if I have to hear it a million times in my head, y'all have to hear it once. <laughs> wow, that was such a cohesive answer. You had such a strong answer ready to go for that. <laughs> Do you think about this this stuff a lot? <laughs> it's the it's the therapy. It's twice a week. <laughs> it's been and my my partner, um, he his project is Evandale. Um, he goes through this all the time. This is all day today, this has been the imposter syndrome has been a constant topic that we've talked about. So it's fresh in my head. Um, and I'm just I'm always and it's something that we talk about in the collective as well. It's it's just a very normal part of the world of a creative. And that's a perfect segue. <laughs> Tell us about TTRPG Collective as you sip from the branded drink at the same <laughs> the time. Cup, yeah. <laughs> yes, perfect. So <laughs> so I was on um I was on threads and I had I, I realized I was gaining a lot of traction on threads um as opposed to Twitter. Everyone sort of migrated there. Um, or some people did. And I really wanted, with that sort of, um, with that traction, I really wanted to make an impact in the tabletop community, something I had been wanting to do, but not sure how to do that outside of my streaming channel or outside of Evandale. Um, So I just kind of posed this question on threads of like, does everybody else kind of want to also support each other? I, I feel like there's like a couple big names in the tabletop industry and everyone else just kind of fends for themselves. What if we all came together and supported each other through a service exchange economy and um, like educating each other and giving each other support and asking for help and all these things that I believe in that I wish other people could feel comfortable adopting. And everybody was just like, yeah, do do it. So I did. And it was we only started it's only been a thing since the first week of October um and I think we're at 290 members on discord right now and it's just it's just blown up <laughs> it's it's out it's bigger than me now and it's really cool um I guess basically it's a it's a space for folks in this tabletop space whether you work in it or you just play games but also adjacent to so you've got programmers and game developers and writers and musicians and anybody outside of that space that wants to also make an impact in the space. And it's just, you know, we have people that are like, I need I need dice for a stretch goal or I need a character concept art or whatever you need. And somebody is like, I have this resource for you. There's this. I can do this for this much money. I could do this for doing a YouTube thumbnail exchange. And yeah, it just it's just a really cool, I, I think it's very cool, just a cool place full of good people. I've noticed on your threads lately, you've been talking about like productivity streams. Is this connected into that as well? Yeah, um, that was actually uh, an idea that I stole from one of my streaming friends, 
um, who is a college professor and does like block work schedules where uh, they will stream like 20 minutes on where they're just working and then like a 10 minute break. Um, and other streamers will also stream with them and everyone's just sort of working and being accountable for each other. It's that whole sense of community. Um, it's something that I have done. I, I'll recently what I've done is I've dropped into our Discord voice chat and people just come and talk and hang out. And then I will stream at the same time on my Twitch channel. And what it's doing, it's it's keeping me accountable for my work while also feeling supported by my friends. Like can just an, the average person just tune into this stream and just watch you working away? Is that like, is that what it looks like? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we um, usually it's it's just I mean, my channel, um, Aaron, my laundry on Twitch uh, is primarily a cozy horror st uh, stream. So I play horror games, but my aesthetic is very, um, very friendly, very warm, very inclusive. And it's just a way, a place to talk about mental health, talk about community, advocacy, anything like that. And that sort of conversation just kind of comes naturally in the collective anyways. Um, so when people hang out in my chat, they're expecting that sort of conversation to begin with. So uh, I've I've had people that'll say like, oh, I just, oh, one of my friends says, um, I'll just, ha I just have you in the background, like listening to you while I'm getting ready for work. I'll like hop in the shower and get dressed and I'm listening to your voice. And then I have people that are like, oh, I'm actually going to get some work done while I, while I listen to you. Um, and it's sort of like a buddy system and anybody can join. If you're in the collective, you just go in the voice chat and hang out with us. And it's just a... The support that you that I try to foster is like probably across the board what I do. It's what I do for my professional day job as well. It's that's just my bread and butter. So tell me a bit about World of Evandale. That's also on your one of the many things on your Threads bio. What, what's that all about? Oh, I would love to. Um, the World of Evandale was created by my partner. Um, he created this was something that he created. Uh, when he was like 14 years old, and he's 57 now. Um, it is a uh, multi-age, multi-genre universe. Um, it's been a channel, I believe, since before I met him, it's been a, a Twitch channel for four years, I want to say, three or four years. It's something that I actually met him through the Twitch recommended videos. I think it's the cutest meet cute I've ever heard in my life. Um he was doing a world, like a map making stream, and the lore seemed so complete that I, I just couldn't like pull my eyes away from it. And I couldn't stop asking questions <laughs> about it. Um, and I just kept coming back. And now he can't get rid of me. I'm, I'm, we're living in the same house. Um, it's, That's the move, I say. Well done. Yeah, exactly. Get in on their tabletop games. <laughs> um, but then I just started playing uh, games in their like campaigns and... Uh, it turned into me just saying, like, I want to help. I want to help develop the world. I want to help market it. I want to help in terms of, like, building the community. It's something, it's a project I really believe in. And through his own sort of mental health journey as well, he's on the path of creating a game system a within the universe. Um, he's fleshing out all of, like, the, the different types of species and ancestries and it's just a really cool journey to be a part of with him. But it's something that I find that I create a lot of 
stuff for just because I I love it. I love the I love that it spans all types of genres and I love that it's it's like a history lesson if that makes sense of something fantastical. Like I I just I apply what I've learned in this lore to like the outside world and I'll be like, "Oh, that reminds me of this." And I love games like that. Can I think we glossed over how long has this been going for? Did you say? Did you say something like forty years just then? Yeah, yeah. It's um. I mean, there were gaps in between. That's older than me. I know. <laughs> yes, there was. Um, there's been like you know natural gaps as per life. But there was a one of the most special moments I have with him is that he drove me to his high school and showed me the building, and he was like, "I based." the city of Coltrek off of this building, just the architecture, because I would stand at the bottom of this building and look up at these walls and it just, it looked like a castle. And I wanted this like border around the city of like castle walls. And I, I, I love that, like that happened and that I got to experience something in real life that impacted this like lore and how people play this game is so cool. That's so awesome and it, it, I think it touches on like one of my favorite things about the tabletop world is about how it can impact your life outside of the game and it sounds like for both of you world of Evendale has had a huge impact on both of your lives outside of just game stuff yeah absolutely and it's for better or for worse too there are there are moments where he will feel like and and I, I think I, I'm pretty sure I can say this, he will feel like an absolute fraud. Imposter syndrome, again, hits everybody in very, like, weird, uncomfortable ways. And then there are days where he'll have, like, this moment of clarity and he'll feel like, I'm actually making a difference. And I think it's really important that people understand that throughout the process of creating a game, whether it's a game from scratch or a system or even just a mechanic or something, if you are creating something, that process is going to suck sometimes and you're not going to feel like you're doing anything legitimate. And you are that's really hard to digest and like understand. But that doesn't mean that you or your project are illegitimate. That just means that you're having an uncomfortable moment and it's going to be fine. And people, if you believe in your project, other people will believe in your project. Once again, like I think a lot of people listening to this podcast have like, you know, traditional D&D space as like their first on road into the tabletop world. If their interests have been piqued a little bit by World of Evendale, is there like a quick top line pitch you could give to people who are listening as to why they should check it out? Evendale to me is a, it's a really dark and gloomy place that mirrors a lot of the strife that people feel on a daily basis. But underneath all of it, there is always hope. There's always light. There's always faith. There's always something, a uh, community that is guiding you as a player, your character, any part of yourself or what you are playing um, or how you're adventuring towards something great. If you like really grand adventures, it's definitely the place for you. If you like small, intimate adventures, you can find a little nook somewhere in the world. The map is huge. It's three continents to carve out a little cozy story. It is system agnostic. 
So you don't have to just play D&D. You can play Pathfinder. You can play Powered by the Apocalypse. You can make up your own system. You can use the one that my partner's creating one day. Anything. It's just a place for you to tell a story. So to wrap things up, I have a couple of recurring questions that I always like to ask in these conversations. Uh, So for the first one, what's one thing that people don't realize about independent tabletop creators like yourself? I, I think we all feel like we're doing it alone. I think everybody has that sense that because D&D exists, because even Pathfinder exists, because these big names and big people and big studios exist, that we are already meant to fail. We're doomed to fail. And I think that the whole point is that the people power is so very much there. And we play these games where the, you know, the PPEG is capitalism and the PPEG is this like huge nameless tyrant or so it's ironic that that gets missed on us, that we are adventurers in the real world and indie creators feel so alone and so helpless. And it's okay to say, I can't do this alone because none of us can. And we all need a support system. We together, the indie, the indie community is like the the quiet majority. We just haven't realized that we're all saying the same thing. What a soundbite. <laughs> we are the adventurers in the real world. <laughs> put that put that on a mug. That was amazing. Um, question two, your first ever character in a tabletop game. Tell me about it. Um, okay, so my first one was an NPC, so I will skip that one. My second one was for a vampire game and it was for I think that was my second one her name was five uh she was a caitiff and the reason she was five is because every year she would change her name to the how many vampire years she was it was for a vampire or a um philly by night kind of style game set in philadelphia she was very uh very gloomy obviously (laughs) had just kind of like a chip on her shoulder um but the I guess the coolest thing about that game was that she was in a coterie with Keanu Reeves like as a like Keanu Reeves in this canon is just a vampire and to me that was so random and legit I loved it does that mean that somebody at the table just playing Keanu Reeves yeah (laughs) somebody decided to play they were creating their character and they said he's kind of like Keanu Reeves and then our DM was like just so do you just want to be Keanu Reeves and he said yeah, I mean, he's probably, he would be a vampire in real life, so sure. <laughs> it explains so much, right? <laughs> um, gosh, I love tabletop games. That's just, that's an amazing story. Um, <laughs> no, awesome. And then final question for you. Um, so when you think back over your time, over over the years around the table, do you have a favorite story? It could be a funny story. It could be a great friend moment. It could really be anything. But yeah, do you have a favorite story? I mean... I was proposed to during the intermission of a game. What? <laughs> that's my favorite one, I think. I think that's everyone's favorite one all of a sudden. <laughs> okay, come on. What what happened? Let's go. <laughs> so uh, it was to my partner, he who we, as I said earlier, we met on Twitch. It's like one of my recommended channels. So it's very appropriate that one of our streamed games we were playing um, on Evandale. And we went on intermission and I, I sit in the bedroom and he sits in the studio right next door and there's a door in between us. And I just, I opened the door at intermission and he's just like, 
he has this he's very expressive so he had like this overwhelming like look come up over him and he just got down on one knee and he's just like will you be my wife and it was just so sweet and i was like is this happening what's happening and of course i said yes and then i went to my friends after intermission and i was like we just got engaged wow <laughs> and they were just like what <laughs> That's that's amazing. I love that. Erin, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Um, where can people find uh, more about you if they want to get in touch? So I am always on The Collective. So you can go to at TTRPG Collective on Instagram and threads and you will find me. I'm the one running that social. If you have socials that you want pushed, I will make them for you when I have free time. I love doing it. Um, I am Erin My Laundry on Twitch and underscore Aaron my laundry on threads and Instagram. Thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to The Table Business, a Sounds Like Adventure podcast all about people doing great work in the tabletop world. If you'd like to know more about anything we spoke about today, all the links for all the people that we spoke to are available in the show notes. Or head over to soundslike underscore pod on Instagram and we'll definitely be talking about them there. And if you liked what you heard, why not check out Sounds Like Adventure? That's our main show. It's an actual play podcast with fun role play, short run times, and great sound design. But to make sure you don't miss the next episode of The Table Business, make sure you subscribe to or follow the show in your podcast app. And a five-star review really, really helps to get a few more people to see the show. And we here at Sounds Like Adventure, we would be so grateful if you took the time to do that. All right. With all that in mind, we'll catch you for the next episode of The Table Business.